Welcome to another episode of Limbless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Rai. And today I have one of my good friends, Whitney Sewell. Whitney is a real estate investor, a podcast host. In fact, his podcast is one of the most popular in the real estate industry. And he is crazy enough to do a daily podcast and he has been crushing it. So I'm, I'm excited to speak about that. He's a philanthropist, CEO and founder of LifeBridge Capital. He has a thousand doors, 300 plus million dollars of assets, which I'm sure has increased over the last couple of months. And He's a good friend of mine. He's a family man. He's an entrepreneur and he has an amazing backstory, which I'll get into. But again, Whitney, welcome to the show, my friend. Happy to be here. Great to catch up with you and your, your audience. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high-achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. So Whitney, um, everyone says, you know, you have to be this big like CEO executive or you have to have this amazing career. You went to business school to start uh, a multifamily company or a syndication company or something like that. Tell us about your origin story and how you can essentially disprove the fact that you have to be born into all this. I'm a prime example of why that's not true. Ultimately, uh, it, it you know I came from no network, no accredited investors in my family. I probably had the best job of almost anybody in my family, or maybe that they had ever had. Uh, and so when I when it was time to leave that man, you can imagine like, wait a minute, what are you doing, right? Why would you leave this secure position? Uh, but but I had no network, so it, you know, and, and in a few years get to where we're at now. But ultimately joined the military in March of 2001. Never imagined, okay, six months later, the nation, our nation would be attacked and then spent, you know, found myself spending a year in Iraq. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone in my squad made it home. Uh, and so we learned a lot, right? You know, you're taught a lot uh, as a young man, uh, if you're in combat, no doubt about it. But, but I'm thankful that I made it home safely. Uh, and 
Uh, I then became a police officer. Uh, I didn't have that diploma either that, that most people feel like you must have, right, to be successful in this space. Uh, and I almost felt helpless. Like, what can I do? Law enforcement was a great segue for me. And I became, out of 1,200 applicants and only five positions, I was blessed to have one of those, the Kentucky State Police. Loved working the road as a police officer, being a first responder, the service, the discipline, the uniform. I, I loved that. However, you know, making 30000 or less a year, uh, you know, in the worst schedule you can imagine, it was just, it was hard to see doing that forever. And my wife and I just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year of marriage. And so I said, okay, you know what, we got to figure out something else. It's just not what is best. And this is like 2009, you know, this big crash thing just happened, but I didn't have a clue. I mean, I wouldn't make it, I was making such little money. It was like, I didn't even notice hardly. I, you know, it didn't, I didn't know about all this stuff then. Uh, but what happened was bought two triplexes after I figured out all these people built wealth in real estate. We thought, well, I should be able to do something. Uh, made a lot of mistakes, long story short, uh, and self-managed. Then I became a federal agent that moved us to Virginia, where we live now, and kind of the height of most policing careers, right? You know, to go federal. And so it was great, better benefits, schedule, all those things. Um, however, I, you know, I quickly like maxed that position out in like three years. Uh, and I did stay there a number of more years, but then believe it or not, this seemed way out in left field, but I, I became a professional horse trainer. And, and that, uh, that was like a passion of mine since I was a little boy. And, and so I started riding again, training at a, at a pretty high level. And so I was selling horses for more money than I ever imagined. I was doing clinics all over the country. And long story short, it was two full-time jobs. Uh, federal agent during the day, I'd be training horses till midnight, giving lessons, you know, most nights. My wife and I were on the beach one fall and we were like, you know, what is this? What I call thinking time. It was just time away, like time down to, you know, like to really think about is what we're doing right now going to get us where we need to go. It was obvious to both of us. It was a no. So Came home. I want to ask ahead. you a question right there. Uh, Please. Whitney, you, you had thinking time. You had quiet time you and the person you care about most in your life sat down and decided what you want with your life. You mean you're being intentional. You're being scripted. <laughs> you're like, hey, let's. how do we design our life? Not how do we like get by, but how do we design the life of our dreams? So tell me about that. I'm not even sure that we were thinking that sophisticatedly about that just yet. We haven't read all those self-help books yet or those books that motivate you to think that way yet, you know. But it, more so than anything, it was just like, man, is this working or not? I mean, it was very basic, you know, for us at that time, how to think about that. But like, is, are we going to keep doing this? I was missing all that time with our boys, you know, and, and my wife, you know, I mean, I was just, I was gone all the time. So it was like, okay, we got to do something different. And this was September. And between Christmas and New Year's, we had sold the farm. We sold everything related to that horse training business, all the horses, all my tack, everything, because I knew that I needed to just cut that off completely and commit to real estate. I knew real estate could build wealth. Uh, and so that's really when it all started. Uh, I mean, that's go ahead. Let me let me ask you a question, Whitney. Uh, I have a lot of people here. They're surgeons, they're doctors, they're um, they, they're critical care uh, uh, practitioners. Maybe they're entrepreneurs. They, they have like an IT company or they work for government contracting. Um, they're doing quite well, they're comfortable, but they're not happy or they're not truly free. Yeah. And you took a bold decision. I mean, you're doing pretty either a federal agent and on top of that, this, this, this horse business, it was good. It was probably even comfortable. How did you know that, Hey, let's, let's draw the line. Let's take a bold move. Let's burn the bridge, uh, you know, burn the boats, if you will, and go and and do what's potentially quote unquote risky, but it could be, it could explode my life in a good way. Yeah. I, you know, I would say bet on yourself. 
right? Mm. Bet on yourself. Find that, you know, I hired a mentor pretty quickly, but then I started like putting myself in places to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could about this business. But by burning the bridges like that, I had to be committed. Like I, we moved into a small house in town, Bikram, where not in the best area of town. I built an office in the basement and that's where I practically lived the next three years. I started the daily real estate syndication show before we ever syndicated a deal, right? So, so you know, there's plenty of people that called me crazy for doing that, but you know, you gotta be able to be willing to move forward. But what I would say to somebody that's like comfortable yeah, you got to get started. You have to make that decision. Is it worth it? Are you are you willing to really commit? Right? I mean, are you going to cut this off, you know, and just move into this? Or, or, you know, if you're that comfortable, maybe you should be passive, right? Uh, you know, there's a fine line there. But if you're wanting to be active, you don't have to give up the day job all at once. I didn't. I did both for a few years, right? It's not the easiest model. It wasn't for me, especially doing a daily podcast, but it is very possible right? It is very possible to learn this business and start building a brand uh, while still working full-time and make a transition into full-time real estate. Uh, but I, I would also highlight there the commitment level that you need is going to be big. I mean, it's big, but it, but it's big enough that it's, it's not just your commitment level. It needs to be your spouse. It needs to be your kids, you know, as well. Like I did not realize the commitment level it was going to require of my wife and kids. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, until we were way into it, you know, and months into it, you know, there were many mornings I'm sitting with my wife trying to get caught up because we wouldn't see each other other than like five to six, five a.m. to six a.m. in the mornings, and uh, you know, be like, okay, you know, I, I don't know if we can afford to do the podcast next month, you know, like have those hard conversations, uh, you know, early on. Yeah. Oh man, uh, just a, a ton of ton of things to un unpack there, but I'm I'm getting goosebumps hearing about your journey and like how how there's several times where you could have turned back and you just kept persevering forward and i love the fact that you leaned on your wife you leaned on your children and you leaned on your why um why is it so important for you to earn multiple millions why i mean what's your what's the impact you're trying to have my friend yeah no i appreciate that question because it's very important to me and i know you know that but i so my wife and i moved to roanoke we moved, came from a small town and and we had uh, you know, we've been married about a year and a half, I think. And we went, went to this place in Roanoke, all right, if we moved here, we heard this guy talking about uh, adoption, how they had adopted and, uh, and just the need to care for orphans and widows, those things. We had never been exposed to adoption before. I don't think we'd ever, we ever even knew anybody that had been adopted, but on our way home, my wife and I just asked ourselves, well, 150 million orphans in the world, like, why would we not? adopt. We couldn't think of a good reason. Like it seemed that simple. And honestly, I, I'm thankful for our ignorance in the process because it's quite a drooling process, but it's so worth it. So within a week, we applied to adopt from Ethiopia. Two years later, our first son, Samuel, comes home from Ethiopia. A year later, our second son, Elijah, comes home through adoption. And now we have a daughter, Eden Joy, as well. There's almost three uh, who came to our family through adoption. So our family's been you know, blessed and uh, it just changed dramatically through the adoption process. However, what we realized is, hey, the, the process can cost 40 to 60 grand to bring a child home, unfortunately. And 150 million orphans in the world, it's a crying shame uh, that, it's, that it's that costly. Uh, and so families would often tell us, you know, they want to ask questions, right? Well, how can they adopt? And we say, say that amount. And they're like, Whitney, that's more than I make in a year. How can we even start that process? So we started a foundation that helps these families financially. So we, we provide large grants. We committed half of our personal profits from our, our LifeRidge Capital, from my personal profits from LifeRidge Capital to our 
foundation to help these families. And so it's been so cool though, Vikram, to see how, you know, not only have we obviously supported that, but now our investors love knowing that they play a role in that, even though it doesn't affect their returns at all, of course. But many of them will, are also donating, you know, to that cause, you know, outside of LifeBridge Capital, you know, directly, uh, directly to the foundation. But also, that big why is also what kept my wife going, my kids going. Uh, but, but my investors, many of them love partnering with us because of that, but also our team. Like our team's growing a lot right now. And majority of our team members come to us and during the interview, they'll say something like, man, I love the way you all give back. You know, that just really spoke to me. I want to be a part of that. So uh, <laughs> I, I get so excited. This is why I do the podcast. This is why I, I want to meet more people like you, Whitney. I mean, this inspires me. So uh, I'm inspired by one, you, you, you took it upon yourself to like, Hey, look, let's actually create a family out of this, this opportunity here to help these orphans and people who, you know, been, they don't have a family and you, you have three beautiful children because of that. On top of that, you, you, you built some of the foundational principles for your company on, Hey, a percentage of our profit will go to, or to this, this, this cause. And then now you, you become like a, a force for good, right? Uh, and, and you're inspiring your investors to now want to contribute as well. And uh, I think I think when you have something powerful like this, uh, you want to grow. You want to become bigger. You want to expand, right? And the goal is, right, you're just trying to add value. And another concept that I've embraced is this thing called there's active income, which me and Whitney have been able to move beyond. Then there's this passive income. Right. And then there's passion income, which sounds like it's one of the same, right? The podcast is, I'm sure, earning income, but he's passionate about it. He enjoys it. And then he's taking all of this and making it purpose income, which is he's taking the extra profits from all these things and funneling it into his charities and his foundations and moving that forward. And so that is a really a complete life, my friends. And uh, you want to go beyond yourself. And uh, Whitney's a perfect example of that. So Give give my our listeners an example of how they could get started with like maybe creating something like if they're passionate about one thing, what what's what's the steps where even if they they're not a millionaire yet, how can they get started with helping that that purpose or passion on the side? Yeah, that's a great question too. I I and I get similar questions to that often, uh, and so for us, you know, it's something that we developed a passion for obviously because of our experiences, right? Uh, you know, we, we got into that network of adoption and different agencies and, you know, consultants and, and other families, you know, connected to other families that were struggling to uh, make their adoption happen. Right. And, and the adoption process, man, it's, it's just, it's so rigorous and it is an emotional roller coaster uh, to say the least. Uh, and so you meet these people, right? But so all that to say, it's something we became very passionate about. We were passionate about helping these orphans, right? But and ultimately helping these families bring them home. And so find that thing that you're already passionate about because uh, if, if you're not passionate about it, like how much of a why is it going to be for you? Is it really going to get you up in the morning, you know, to, to keep going? Uh, you know, when times are tough, are you going to keep going? So, so what is that thing that not only you can get behind, but your, your spouse can get behind, maybe your kids can get behind uh, and potentially, you know, other business components, whether it's employees, uh, you know, or investors or, or, or vendors, whoever can also share in, in that uh, just compassion and drive for your mission, right? So initially, if you're not though, let's say you're not launching that business, but you want to get started now, like you mentioned, find out somebody else that's doing it, right? Partner with somebody that already has that foundation created. I just recorded a short podcast about this the other day because I get this question often too. It's like, 
do I want to start my own foundation? And, and Whitney, how did you do that? Why did you do that? Well, for us, we wanted to funnel, obviously, a lot of funds of our own through that. And we wanted to build something that will help lots of families. However, it's like a whole nother business. And so if you're not ready to do that, it may not be the best route for you, right? We just hired our first full-time employee for the foundation, which is a big milestone for us. But but we want to provide great care for them. And I can't continue to do that, right, for these families. So, but partner with with somebody that that you've vetted or another group yeah. that that's also passionate about that cause. Uh, and that's a great way to get started. And even once, if you do start your own foundation someday, you can say, hey, I've been supporting this cause for this long, or, you know, I've always been passionate about this thing. That's awesome, guys. So, you know, in in the beginning, you don't have to do it all yourself. As Whitney talks about, partner, partner, partner. Find good people, work with people, collaborate, have teamwork. Um, I want to address two quick things, you know, before as we uh, start, you know, wrapping up here. Number one is this man is a master of time management. So tell us how you're managing three children, a daily podcast, a private equity syndication company your foundation and your marriage. And can I throw in health maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. I I mean, it's, it's not easy. I'll say that for sure. It is not easy. And and I would say it's, it was much worse, obviously, when I was still working full time and doing trying to start the business and podcasts and family, and we were doing our our third adoption during a lot of that same time, or at least getting it started. Uh, And so it was difficult. Uh, It was very difficult to say the least. A lot of that's changed now. I've got better at time management, but, but a couple of things that's things that's changed specifically is our team has grown. My expertise has grown, right? But also delegation, you know, I've been delegating. I mean, I just delegate everything possible, right? And I have to, but it's finding class A talent, you know, just top talent that I can bring on my team. Like finding the assistant that I have right now has been a game changer. Like being willing to pay this person a very, I mean, really more than I was making when I was working full time, but it is so worth it. You know, she is top notch, right? But it took me a few assistants to get there, right? To find that person. Um, but, but then we create systems. My email could, I mean, it could just take my time, half of my day every day uh, if I wanted to let it, right? But we built a system around that. She she knows which ones I need to see. And then we have a system that helps me to see only the ones that I personally need to see or respond to, right? And she knows what to do with everything else. So it's a, it's a, it's just a mindset of delegating. Who else can do this better than I can? And we've hired people on the team to help us with that. But then it's also saying no. I've had to do that a lot more recently and I've not been good at that because like people want to ask for my time and I always want to say yes, you know, like, oh, yes, I'll help you. I want to talk to you, but I just can't, you know, and it's getting harder and harder and harder. Uh, and even like you're talking about your listeners, man, that they want that time, that quality time with family or whatever they're wanting to do. Well, I do too. Right. And, and so I'm trying blocking more days off, but, but also where I can be with the family, but also I need that time to think just like we were talking about before, because what happens if I don't block that off? I will be in meetings nonstop. I mean, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays for me are almost just nonstop Zoom calls all day long. I mean, it's it's madness, right? But what I find is like, there's no time for me to work on the business, you know, when I'm doing that, like to really think about what we're doing right now and the processes, the direction we're going, the people we're bringing on, are they being treated well? Are we taking care of our people, training them? I mean, all these things, you know, don't happen unless I have time to think about it. And then I have to be, you know, so... It, it starts with my getting in bed on time, right? I was stressing this to my assistant this, this morning, actually. Uh, it's like, man, I got to get in bed on time because I love my morning routine. I love being up early. And, and there's some strategic things that I do in the morning. That's like, 
that energizes me for the rest of the day. And I know that. Uh, and so it helps me to be very productive the rest of my day. But every day has specific things that I'm doing. That's awesome, man. Guys, I, guys, I, I just took a bunch of notes down. I want to just tell you the highlights here. He sets in a re- reverse alarm so he knows when to go to sleep. And so he's <laughs> there for his morning routine team. I mean, he mentioned that several times. Delegation, hiring class A talent and paying what they're worth. And don't being cheap about it, guys. Right. Systems, learning to say no. And here's my rule for life: the first 25 of your first 25 years of life, you say yes to everything. After age 25, you have to learn to say no to everything and say yes just to your mighty few. And um, he talks about day blocking, which is more unique. I've heard of time blocking, but no, he's talking about take a whole day for certain activities, whether it's your family, whether it's white space to create the next seven figure company, whatever that is. So amazing, 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 my friend. That's awesome. Uh, quickly, since you are the podcast expert, a lot of people are saying, oh, I missed the boat. Podcast already too big. There's too many podcasts out there. Uh, daily podcast. No way. Give literally a a soundbite on why now is the best time for them to start a podcast. Remember, you are trying to reach your audience. You're not trying to reach everybody else's audiences, right? You're going to pull some people away, no doubt about it, but you only need, you know, let's say a thousand true followers, 2000 true followers to build an amazing business, right? And income. All right. So think about that. Thousand, two thousand people. You're not trying to be the top on iTunes. You're not trying to, you know, take Joe Rogan's, you know, uh, listeners from him. Right. That's not what you're trying to do. But you're building a brand. You're building credibility for yourself. And also it becomes your own university. Right. Mine did after 1300 interviews. Guess what? I get to ask all the experts, whatever I'm wanting to ask about. If we have a problem with a deal and I have Vic Ramon, guess what? I'm, I'm probably going to somehow, while I have Vic Ramon on the show, I'm probably going to ask him if he's ever done a deal like that. We're, you know, and we're going to dive into it. So I'm going to pull that from those experts, you know, as I have them on the show. So it's a way for you to learn, but even bigger than that, it's a way for you to network. Uh, and so more than just a big following, man, you are making connections with people that otherwise you would never get to meet. Uh, and it is a myth that you've missed the bandwagon, you know, that that's already passed. I mean, podcasts, yes, have been around for a number of years now and they have taken off, but I just, I see it just only growing uh, and more niche down you can be the better, right? The more niche down and, and focused on this thing that you are passionate about, man, you're going to find those people that are also passionate about that as well. That's awesome, my friend. What's the impact you want to leave on the world? And what's what's sort of the most uh, inspiring book you've read in the last six months? Ooh, that's some good questions. I feel like I have to answer those quickly too. <laughs> um, biggest impact on the world, man, I, I think uh, at the moment that would be um, obviously on my children. I, I want them to know the Lord and to serve the Lord first and foremost. Uh, and But I want to grow our foundation. I would love for, you know, a thousand families to be served, you know, through our foundation and hopefully more than that, um, uh, as far as, you know, bigger impact wise, uh, and obviously thousands of families through tenants and whatnot, but specifically through our foundation uh, and great book. You know what? Um, I've read a number of good books recently. And since we were talking about thinking time, I don't know if you've read it or not. But yeah, I have the it road less stupid. I need, to, I need to read it still. <laughs> Keith Cunningham, great, so, great book. So, so uh, that the book he just pulled up, guys, is Keith Cunningham's "A Road Less Stupid." So, yeah, great book. And 
How can people get to know about LifeBridge Capital, which is your real estate company, your foundation, and, and maybe your, your podcast, the real estate syndication show? Uh, what's the best way? LifeBridgeCapital.com. You can email me, Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. You can call or text me, 540-585-4338. You can find the podcast on there, the Real Estate Syndication Show, obviously anywhere you can listen to podcasts as well. And the foundation is is the LifeBridge Foundation. You can find that on the bottom of our about page. Uh, also, uh, more information about that or, or just email me, uh, either one. That's amazing, my friend. Thank you so much. And listeners, uh, continue to subscribe, continue to, uh, you know, forward this to friends and other people who are interested. And again, continue to stay phenomenal and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.